0: And I would like, uh, you know, to hear what you have to say, and everyone has to say. I want to get to the bottom of it.
1: Would you therefore believe that because of all these allegations coming forward and more and more corroborating evidence proving that there's no doubt sexual harassment is running rampant in the World Wrestling Federation, that you are definitely going to come public and do something about it?
0: Why wouldn't I? If in fact that is the case, why wouldn't I do something about it? Why would I risk what we have?
1: Because you haven't done anything about it until it became public, because you thought it because was underwater. Because no knowledge of it. I made knowledge of it to you when I was fired, and you just blew it off and let me go. I retained a lawyer. You were
0: not very good. You were not a very good announcer. You could not. That's the only reason why you were fired. You could not make the transition from radio to television. That is the only reason why you were fired.
1: I would like to remind you, sir, that I have a two-year contract.
0: Two years. You also have a clause in your contract that states, and as you know. You were hired on a trial basis. I was not hired you on a trial a basis. basis. You are, you do not have a contract? Mr. McMahon, I have a two-year deal in with that your contract, firm. contract, you will note, in a clause, it states very clearly, and I have it outlined for all to see here today, that you can be fired almost at will if, in fact, you're not doing a good job. You did a horrible job. That's the only reason why you were fired. That's it. Maybe I
1: should point out, first and foremost, that might be your inability to uh, pick good talent. It could you be. You had a national Brand talent search, Vince it McMahon. Could be. You advertised in Billboard magazine and across many different media sources searching for one man that could be the new face and voice of the World Wrestling Federation. You flew me in back and forth four and five different times from Detroit, and you chose over the course of one year of negotiations that I would be the man for that job i didn't sleep with your vice president two weeks later i'm fired i also want to point out one very important fact from your office came a letter to my landlord to verify my employment from that letter i must bring this point up it says murray hodson has a very secure job with titan sports and is a positive and productive employee from your office just because i don't sleep with your vice president that qualifies to blow me out of a two-year deal i don't buy it
2: this bout is scheduled for one fall with a 45 minute time limit i am your ring announcer leslie lee the introducing first to my left fighting out of hollywood california gentleman jack allison
3: Hello there. I'm glad to be here. Oh, come on. (laughs) Booze are good, actually. Booze are good in wrestling. Booze are good, so I'll take it. And to my
2: right, representing the doomed cast from Queens, New York, Matt, the Matt Master
4: Bender. Thank you. Thank you. I I will be the face because uh, that's where the money is. I mean, I'm sure being a heel is cool. But the money is in selling all those Hustle, Loyalty, and Respect t-shirts. I just care
3: about being over. (laughs) I just want to be over is all.
2: (laughs) And if you can't tell today, folks, we are talking professional wrestling, the big news, perhaps some of the biggest news in all of wrestling history, Vince McMahon stepping down as CEO. It's happening. We're going to get into those details later. But first, Matt, I'm so excited to have you on the show. It's been too long. We've done, Jack, we've done a... 400 something episodes of this oh my show. god and Too we many. have not had matt on but without yeah. matt this show would absolutely not exist so i first i have to apologize for it taking so long to have you on but i'm so happy to have you here finally
4: Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, and it means a lot that you say that. And I'll just take it as like you know uh, the same reason why it took AJ Styles so long to get to the WWE. Yes, exactly. I'm just that damn good, but you just couldn't get me. You just couldn't get me there. <laughs> exactly. And
2: I mean, we're not to get get too deep into it, Matt. But did you know that? And this is this is again just representing how goofy professional wrestling as a business is. AJ Styles, world champion wrestler, he wanted to stay with Impact, actually. I found this out. He never wanted to go with WWE. Impact just, like, didn't return his calls or something like wow. that. And so he he never wanted to leave. He wanted to live and die. He wanted to die as an Impact TNA wrestler. Got to check
3: those voicemails. Got to check those voicemails. All right.
4: I mean, Impact was going through some weird time periods then. I mean, they lost pretty much everyone who who they uh you know who who was the face of the company at one yes. point like they, they I can't think of anyone who's still there that's from that time period where they actually were like competing with the WWE with their homegrown talent yeah they
2: just had their uh 20th anniversary and I never thought they would make it 20 years it's a great promotion now but they were going through the history of all their talent and you look at it it's like man they had way more talent than AEW does now they just never used them they had more viewers they had bigger slot wrestling was hotter they could have have changed this business 20 years ago if it were run by people who uh didn't come from the WE in the first place i think ultimately uh was the pro was the make one of the major problems or everybody was trying to emulate What Vince was doing because everybody is convinced Vince is a genius and that's kind of the thing that we're going to be talking about uh, today when how he has survived scandal after scandal after scandal and simply is the fact that there's a number of people who think he has, has like the secret sauce to make a bunch of money. When actually he's probably one of the most incompetent as far as <laughs> creative goes, like promoters. He's great at making business deals. He's great, great at getting TV deals. But as an actual promoter, picking talent, putting on wrestling shows that people actually like and watch. Matt, you can tell people this, you know, most they've shed like 10 million fans in the past, you know, 20 years. Pe- but even though they're making more money than ever.
4: Right. Right. I mean, it, we should say it, it is undeniable that professional wrestling as it exists today would not would not exist as it does today if, if it wasn't for Vince McMahon. Uh, but again, that's more so tor- like that's more so to what you were saying, like his his business savvy uh, his cutthroat business cutthroat. savvy in terms of like mm-hmm. basically basically destroying the territories and making it so that the WWE then WWF was the only game in town. Um, and you know, he, his style of like New York professional wrestling, where it was like entertainment before wrestling, and even in fact, like later on, you know, further down the line, he even gets to the point where it's almost like he's embarrassed to even be in the wrestling business. He doesn't even want to call it wrestling. Yeah, he sports doesn't call entertainment.
2: It profe- you are not allowed to say the words wrestler, wrestling, professional wrestling on WWE TV or even in interviews off of WWE TV. You have to call it sports entertainment. This started around the time of the which I don't even have in the show notes, the steroid trial, which was a huge, huge scandal uh, for WWE and Vince McMahon. You can watch a great, uh, there's tons of great documentaries on it. In fact, Dark Side of the Ring obviously uh, covered it. Uh, In order to avoid being treated like a sport and having to deal with athletic commissions, he says, okay, I'll call it sports entertainment. And he kind of falls in love with that and falls in love with the idea that WWE is above and beyond professional wrestling. It's an entertainment company like Disney is or you know I guess now now would be not then but now what the MCU is what Marvel is you know they're they're entertainment they're like you know an institution in America on par with you know uh, the NFL and DC comics all combined he never really got that respect or love from Hollywood and that's part of the reason why he survived because all these scandals if they were happening in an industry that the mainstream media took Seriously, he would be under the jail right now. And most of the executives, too. But because it's wrestling, because it's in this, you know, for lack of a better term, a a, a ghetto in the entertainment world is treated as lesser than. People just ignore all this stuff. And he can just skate by because once the news hits, uh, about a week and a half later, mainstream media stops caring and he can move on to the next WrestleMania.
3: It it almost feels like, you know, people you know be, people like get confused because of the kayfabe and everything yes. like that i feel like people see articles about vince mcmahon and they're like well is that like a storyline and obviously he's a villain so you know but like i think he's like done a good job with that
4: even bloomberg like the the reporter who you know uh no wall, the wall street journal report i'm sorry they're the ones who broke the news about that uh the employee, um, who is being who was paid hush money, but even the reporter behind the Wall Street Journal story was like, uh, or or uh, one of his coworkers, I forget wh- who, but someone from the Wall Street Journal tweeted out when it was announced that Vince was going to show up on SmackDown that very night, or it was like the next night or something. I don't remember the timeline. I think it was that night, and uh, he tweets out like, "Oh, by the way." Vince McMahon is not showing up on SmackDown. Mr. McMahon is showing up on SmackDown, <laughs> the the character. And it's like why are you why are you reporting it like that? Why are you giving in to how the WWE like like melds these things into something they're not? It's him. He's playing a character, but the character is him. <laughs>
3: and with his name and looks like
2: him, yeah, just him. Yeah, so it is linked in the show notes, but the article uh, from the Wall Street Journal WWE board probe secret $3 million hush pack by CEO Vince McMahon, sources say. And it's been all over the news. A friend of a former employee who used to work as a paralegal for the WWE was started sending the WWE board, because they're a publicly traded company, information about the fact that Vince McMahon had had a sexual relationship with her friend, she was an employee, and during their relationship, her salary went from $100,000 to to two hundred thousand dollars, and uh, Vince McMahon just ended up paying her off three million dollars over five years uh, to not say anything. Sign a non-disclosure agreement. It wasn't just Vince though who was having this relationship with her. It said in the article that she was passed like a toy to John Laurinaitis, a former wrestler named Johnny Ace, who works as an executive uh, head of talent relations. You know, and also has played a TV character as like the, like the, what was he? like? People the power! Yeah, he was like the commissioner or something on TV as well. So he was someone who had power both backstage and on screen, very close uh, to Vince, obviously. And he's part of this too. This information gets to the board and they launched an investigation. They find that this is credible and they also dig up information about other non-disclosure agreements signed by other Former employees who also had relationships with Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon doesn't deny any of this. His real response was just that I use my own money to pay for this. Mm-hmm. It's not company money. So you can't fire me, uh, which is because it is almost impossible to fire him. He has all like the voting power in the company. Even when he stepped down, who replaces him? His own daughter, Stephanie McMahon, who, by the way, like about a month ago, he had mirrored her on the way out leak stories, putting down her work after she had. And she had worked with the company all her life, by the way. It's basically like real life ship happening. I've, I've said many times, like, it's too bad that people who watch, uh, watch succession are too nerdy to get into wrestling because it's basically the same <laughs> thing uh, happening right now. They would be having right. a moment. Uh, but he has he he steps down as CEO but not really he's still in power uh John Laurinaitis is is has also stepped down and replaced by Bruce Pritchard who wrestling fans may know him as the biggest kiss ass that Vince McMahon has ever known like just an absolute worm of a man who will do anything vince says so obvious and stephanie and the only reason and stephanie mcmahon at one point had fired bruce pritchard she doesn't like him so for him to be brought in that shows that clearly vince mcmahon is still in charge of the company even the announcement that he was stepping down the ceo assured us that he would still be head of creative meaning he is in charge of basically everything that goes on tv and matt as you said he came out on TV. That, they, like, a couple hmm. days after this article comes out, and you know, and people are thinking, like, oh, this is big, tr- Vincent might be in real trouble. Like, this is like maybe the biggest trouble he's been in in a while because it's hitting the money. You know, newspapers now like people actually care about the money. People actually care about the stock price. But the thing that people everyone seems to misunderstand is that the people who care about the stock price want Vince McMahon there. They don't want (laughs) anything bad to happen (laughs) to him. That is why he went on TV immediately and just had one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen on TV where the fans were cheering for this man for his sexual misconduct uh, allegations like even bigger than when david letterman uh got got cheered uh for admitting uh to sleeping with his employees back in the day like it i could not believe this and he's done it two or three times since like he just keeps coming on walking (laughs) out uh saying hey i'm here we're all in this together i'm with you stand up for WWE." and like i is i'm baffling but he is somehow you know surviving this but it really is because all the people with money think that if without vince running the show we're all going to lose our money and the company's going to tank
4: yeah i mean I, I i honestly don't think that the stephanie story is true i think she because her and vince have a long-standing relationship that's much tighter than his relationship with his son shane um, I think that, uh, per- I personally, this is my, my opinion that she left cause her, her response to all this was that she was leaving to spend time with her family and even apparently people within her circle backstage and in the o- corporate offices had no idea she was leaving. And this was a surprise to everybody. I think they knew this was coming out and they wanted to distance her from it mm, specifically oh, so yes, yes. she could come in as and- CEO and just you know, who, there's no one Vince trusts more than Stephanie, in my opinion. That's I'm sure that was planted to try to make people think that they had some sort of falling out. I don't believe it for a second. Yeah, yeah. Jim Cornette said
2: this that uh, they oh they put out that story to again keep the shareholders calm. It's like oh no, she's not st- she's stepping down because she's bad at her job, which is like a weird like a short side play when you know she's gonna come back. But that's how it works on the stock market and in uh, WWE. Is just week to week, whatever. A-
4: Wrestling is is the last of like the the last bastion of the carny culture. Yeah. It's all that's left. Like you know, the sideshows, the strongman competitions, all those things are are gone. I guess the only other thing, but that's even dying out, is the circus. But the WWE and professional wrestling as a whole is more of a circus than the circus. They 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 live the gimmick. Um, you know, imagine if your favorite actor walked around as that character from his biggest movie, twenty four seven, always played that character, even when he was out with his family at a restaurant or whatever. That's what professional wrestling. The only still one who has the balls is the vast Majority of these guys. And that's that's something that you don't see anywhere else. Yeah, Tom Cruise
2: is pretty much the closest thing to a professional wrestler or actor who li- really lives the gimmick. You know, he's actually saved people in real life, and like <laughs> like legit, like he's sa- like there's two instances of Tom Cruise like allegedly saving people like in car crashes who had like gotten and, into car crashes
3: and who had dangerously high thetan levels. Yes, too, exactly. You know? he probably saved you. thousands. Yeah. Actually, when we think about it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: You know, uh, all all these things about how we were talking about all these things about how Vince McMahon changed the wrestling business. But then you had mentioned how, like, they've they've lost tens of millions of like, you know, a large number of their audience over the years. In the U.S. You know, I've seen a lot of people. In the U.S., yeah, and I've seen a lot of people chalk that up to, you know, the, the changeover from people watch, having to watch via live TV, and then obviously nowadays we could just DVR shit or catch it online or watch clips on YouTube, uh, you know, all the different ways you can consume this stuff that isn't necessarily picked up by the ratings, and that, that's true if you're talking simply, uh, you know, if you're looking simply at, like, the data from, I don't know, uh, 2000 and, like, two on, maybe, But you have to remember that there was a time in professional wrestling where there were two gigantic WWE-sized companies in the WWE and WCW, and they were both getting insane ratings all throughout the late 90s, early 2000s. And then when the WWE bought WCW in 2001, half that audience just disappeared. All those WCW viewers didn't go over to the WWE. I mean, I'm sure some of them did, but there wasn't like all of a sudden WWE was doing double the audience they used to. No. All of a sudden, half of pro wrestling fans just tuned out and they never came back. So Vince's idea of wrestling was toxic enough to half of professional wrestling fans of the 90s and early 2000s that they were just like, I, I guess we're just not wrestling fans anymore. We're not watching
2: it. <laughs> yeah, and that dri- and it's also been a drip 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 down to like very, very low numbers where it's like two million people at the most are watching wrestling in the US, which is just a shocking and sad state of affairs when it could there's no reason why it couldn't be bigger and more popular than ever more relevant than ever aew as a the rival promotion just would not exist if wb were even trying at all like all their big top stars are people that were dissatisfied with WWE and left or wwe just straight up like fired for no reason and they're huge stars very charismatic jack you you're a, you can testify to this you weren't a wrestling fan before you gotten into AEW.
3: Yeah, I'm having fun with AEW. I fell off I uh fell off the last couple of weeks, but you're right. It's like it's so funny how, how like Almost the entire roster is just WWE guys who are now like allowed to use their own name and shit like that. Like, you know, it was funny, even MJF, you know, a couple weeks ago with that kind of legendary, um, you know, promo called out that like, you know, it seems like all AEW is. It's just (laughs) like it's like a retirement home for like WWE guys at this point.
4: Right, I mean that's that 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 that, that's a, that should be a warning for AEW though, because that's what killed TNA when they they didn't make the same mistake of bringing in like people who can't even go anymore. Like they they t- they brought in talent that can still you know work. I mean Brian Danielson for example is still probably oh, yeah. one of the best. But um, yeah, I mean they got to be careful, I guess, with that if they don't start building up talent because all you know T you know you mentioned how AEW uh, wouldn't have had to exist, but it's also not like. Uh, WWE just dropped the ball recently you know T. You know, uh, so uh, WWE buys WCW in 2001 immediately after we got TNA in 2002 which is now known as Impact and then Ring of Honor shortly after that and there's a point where it seems like oh we're going to have a wrestling revival with these three duking it out and obviously Ring of Honor will probably not be as big but they could slide into like what ECW was in the late 90s early 2000s but then it just does not happen that way. And WWE just destroys everyone. Like, you know, TNA still existed, but they weren't in competition anymore. And it took, geez, I don't know uh how many years, like 15 years, I want to say. Maybe, maybe, m- maybe I'm being generous there too. For someone to go, someone with money, I should say, to go. Hey, WWE's got a monopoly here, and they've been not doing such a great product for the past, like, what? 20 years i mean it's not like this was like a quick like oh here comes aew to save the day wrestling fans have had to uh stick it out for a very long time to get to where we are today (laughs) yeah even to the point where
2: new japan a company in japan was started doing shows in the u.s just because fans were in america were so dissatisfied there was such a hunger for better wrestling Uh, but i want to get a little bit back into Vince. And I have this very interesting clip from a name that everybody knows. John Cena. John Cena. Oh, I f- know exactly what clip you're going to show. And this <laughs> clip is insane. Yeah, so it is, is insane. This is John Cena from the Howard Stern show uh, from 2006. This is him talking about the fact that Vince McMahon owns his name. <laughs> the name John Cena is not owned by John Cena. It's owned by Vince McMahon. Now, you might be asking yourself, wait a minute. I thought John Cena was his name. No, it is. His real name is John Cena. Vince McMahon just owns it.
1: We know that uh, Vince McMahon, who is the founder of the WWE, he's, yep. the, he's the big cheese. He is the guy. He will own your name. Yep. He, will, he gets a cut of all of your movies, Absolutely. right? Is that the way it works? Yep. That's what The Rock told me. Yep. Does that bother you? Absolutely not. Should he? Is he entitled to a cut of your movie action? Absolutely. Howard, before this, I was
5: a, a kid in a small Massachusetts town uh, mowing lawns for a golf course. I don't mind kicking a percentage of my uh, my earnings to the person who gave me a chance and an opportunity. In
1: Vince, in a sense, is your sensei. He's the one exactly. who really exactly. got and you if, going. If,
5: if anything, that's a that's a sign of respect. I owe that guy a lot. And <laughs> You're it's- what, grateful. What no, name it, does he own
3: of yours, though?
5: It, that's my government name. He owns what's called intellectual property. <laughs> he owns John Cena. Absolutely.
3: That's not your real name.
5: No, that's my government name.
3: <laughs> and he owns it.
5: Well, it's it's a weird
3: concept, but in a way, yeah. <laughs> Oh he goodness. owns the in so other words you won't be able to be yourself if you leave it.
5: Yeah, which is kind of cool. I can get another identity.
3: Howard is being like I should have done this to JD Harmire. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, this is giving Howard ideas.
4: You know, it's I mean it's it's interesting he says it's uh out of respect. I mean, I would call it uh indentured servitude. The yeah. idea yeah. that <laughs> someone literally owns you for yeah. the entirety of your career or that contract. And you have to people need to understand John Cena at this point, and every professional wrestler till still to this day, are independent contractors.
2: Not it's employees. not like
4: they are employees who are saying like, "Okay, I got to do this kickback," but you know what? My health care is covered, and I'm getting these opportunities, and you know, I'm I've got this you know this this little safety net behind me that I have the protections of being an employee. Uh, no, none of that. They are independent contractors. uh, So, you know, so WWE does not have to provide them with health care. And at the same time, they need to run everything and anything by the WWE. They cannot work for any other professional wrestling companies. Um, You have, like John Cena just said, his government name, his real actual name is owned by Vince. I mean, this is, I don't know if people know this, but one of the reasons why... That, uh, you know, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, stopped going by The Rock for a little bit is because as long as he used the name The Rock in his movies, WWE got to put WWE Studios as a producer on the movie and take a percentage of the film. Wow. It's yeah, it's it's ridiculous that, like, they've been able to get away with the idea that their wrestlers are independent contractors for this long. Like, listen, if the WWE wanted to do this and they let their guys do whatever the fuck they wanted to do, except, like, you know, we booked you for this date, you got to be there that date... uh. Then fine, let them be independent contractors. But that's not what they do. They have to work these events, and they cannot work for any other companies. And everything outside of wrestling that they do needs to be run through Vincent Co. First. Why doesn't like SAG after get involved? Like these guys are on TV working, mm. working jobs on television like any other uh, actor is because that's what they are. I mean, they're performers on TV. They're not. Uh, you know, this isn't a sport, They, but even if it was a sport, sports have unions I, and, you know, r- wrestling is a team sport, whether people believe it or not, because even when it's a singles match, one versus one, they're working together to put on the performance because it's an act. I mean, there's no, I, I, I don't, I, it honestly baffles me so much that no union has gotten involved and said, we're going to take up this fight. It really like, it baffles me. Weekly show, and it's not just the the performers either. WWE goes out of their way to use non-union crew as well. In fact, that's why they don't go to MSG anymore for televised events. Uh, their home venue, the place where WWE was made during the eighties, it was their it was their like home base, Madison Square Garden. But then at some point down the road, down the road, MSG signed a contract with the union and said that we can't run these events and not hire union crew and vince said i'm not paying union crew prices so they don't go to msg for televised events anymore
2: speaking of there there are some connections between wwe and hollywood but not enough to get people to look into that union stuff and you might wonder why and everybody's seen dark side of the ring it's basically a true crime show about vince mcmahon because every single story is about how he was there he was complicit even though they leave a lot of stuff out they, there, there's a lot of stuff in Dark Side of the Ring that any long-time wrestling fan would know is something that should be in there that's not, but you don't have to worry about that anymore because Dark Side of the Ring is actually on a bit of hiatus. Now, you may wondering where are you going to get your wrestling documentaries from? Well, I got good news for you. Dark Side of the Ring producers Evan Husney and J- uh, Jason Eisner are involved in the talks and they reportedly head up the team behind some campfire talks about the traditions of pro wrestling and WWE's part in revolutionary, uh, revolutionizing the industry in a brand new documentary series by WWE and Vice TV. The, WWE will be heavily involved in this new documentary uh-huh. series um, and there, there there, was already announcement before that that A&E uh, who's been doing WWE documentaries but they're not really documentaries because WWE is producing them they're giving their like narrative and information it's like basically like having the murderer do his own executive produce his own documentary and they're doing it on this massive scale even to the point they have taken over a show that was somewhat critical and made a lot of wb look really bad and they had like a lot of issues they had to you know let in a couple of contracts because of some of the revelations had in the show but now they've successfully co-opted it this is where
3: vince mcmahon is a quote-unquote genius it's this not is per- leslie you, you've been asked you keep asking how has this man survived for so long and it's because of things like this yeah. it's because he is smart enough to pull moves like this
4: I was gonna say that's the thing with uh, you know a, a lot of the wrestling world is when you deal with when you when you work in professional wrestling you uh, you know before AEW and and still for some wrestlers they probably this might ring true or some people who want to get into the wrestling business you got one show in town yes. and that's the WWE and so if you want to get involved here if you want the access uh, then uh, you got to play along and I'm you know it uh, I I had read. That the producers, the guys who created Dark Side of the Ring, they're claiming that uh, Dark Side of the Ring is not done and this is something else and it's not going to, you know, they're still working on Dark Side of the Ring. I don't know how true
2: uh, that sure. is. I, I, I know, I'm, I'm
4: sure it's yeah. coming
3: anytime right. now.
4: <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, We're it, gonna, it gonna get Dark though. Side of the
3: Rings about how uh, people ask for too much during contract negotiations oh, yes. and things like that. The, <laughs> the new Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs>
4: There's going to be a dark side of the ring on this episode of Struggle Session. (laughs) This is one of wrestling's low points. How dare they criticize Vince McMahon's ability to make money off of John Cena's name in perpetuity. (laughs) How dare they? Well, we're at a very light
2: point, but I hate to bring it down by getting into the real stuff because we don't have a lot of time left, but I really do... It, it's a disservice to not talk about some of this stuff because it's all just horrible stuff that WWE, uh, that Vince McMahon 100% knew about. Everybody who follows wrestling knows about this stuff, but the mainstream media doesn't cover it, and I swear to God, if this was anything else, if this was any other industry, like, people, like this would be front-page news for a while. Um... Oh, I also do want to mention that there is a Netflix documentary about Vince McMahon coming, executive produced by Hey Stephanie McMahon. Would what do you think of that? Isn't that amazing? Like just corporate <laughs> synergy just everywhere. I wonder though if they they haven't finished shooting it yet. So I wonder if they're going to have to do a few addendums uh, to it.
4: All right. I mean, it's it's it, there's certainly you know you could probably make a hundred documentaries in just a year about what goes on in wrestling. But the idea that uh, the McMahon family or the WWE as a, as a corporation are behind this stuff, it's you're clearly not going to get the real story. Like it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. And you don't need the access. There's a number to them. There's a number of people over the years, uh, who have worked with this family and know them quite intimately? Who can give you a lot of what you would need for a film? I don't. I don't understand what the idea behind getting. Uh, you know. Vince McMahon and uh, family on board for this stuff. It just, you know, I guess if you want, if you want the advertisements to show during WWE TV, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, there's thousands and thousands of hours of people spilling the beans
2: on all the worst stuff that's happening, happened in the company. And uh, as I said, with the with the three million dollar payoff of the paralegal that the board is concerned with, this is one of the least. This is one of the least bad things that Vince McMahon has been accused of over the years, uh, or either participating in directly or knowing about. Either either way, probably the biggest scandal and the close end is, is so shocking because this scandal actually left got out of the mainstream media because there were so many other scandals with WWF at the time happening at the same time that they ended up falling by the wayside because the media was very interested in the steroid scandal because there was a trial going on and so people got really focused on the steroid scandal and uh, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the Donahue episode on it but also on the episode they talk about pat patterson and the ring boy scandal and i actually discovered just on my own like some information that i had never heard reported anywhere else this rest former wrestler named Brickhouse brown and he was a young wrestler in the wwe young black wrestler and there's a clip of him talking about his time in wb and why he left wwe and it's quite shocking and disturbing i want to give you know warning to viewers it's not explicit but you know once you Think about what it is to be a wrestler in the industry and having to deal with this stuff. It's quite uh, horrific. Pat
6: Patterson was a huge fan of mine. And in Cincinnati, Ohio, in an elevator, he said, "Three cows. He said, you know, we can make you rich with a swipe of a pen. I said, yes, sir, I, I know. He said, we're going to give you a, a hell of a raise, you know. Um, and he said, you're going to make some money here. And he told me that they had a new character for me to uh, play, which they were going to make me a Mr. Chippendale, like a stripper coming out and do my strip dance and do the tearaway deal, and oh, I got okay, my wrestling okay. tights on, and uh, I'm ready to kick butt. And he goes, can you pull that off? And I go, hell yeah, I can pull that off. You know, because they do background checks, and they found out that I used to be a male stripper in college. You know, I stripped for four years doing college and, and made money. I and, uh, right, right,
3: okay.
6: Yeah, yeah. And he goes, you think you can pull that off? And I go, hell yeah, I can pull that off. And he said, well, there's only one problem. I go, what's that? He said, you have to come to my house for some dress rehearsal. And then Pat Patterson proceeded to try to unbuckle my felt buckle in the elevator and give me a blowjob. job. And he said, of course, you have to come to my house for some undress rehearsal also. So at that point in time, he was the vice president. And there was no way I could do anything to him. It just shocked the hell out of me. And I had to wrestle Moon Dog that night, so I actually just when those elevator doors up opened up, you'd thought I had kids shooting out of my butt getting out of that elevator. And I went in the ring and I worked Moon Dog, and I can remember paying for my whole flight home, and it just disturbed me so bad. And I called up every wrestler that I knew that was a friend of mine and and told them exactly what had to happen. And I was good friends with a lot of the top guys. I was good friends with Macho Man. I was good friends with Ric Flair. I was good friends with Big Cat Ernie Ladd. And they all told me the same thing. They said, Brickhouse, how bad do you want it? I said, well, yeah, I want this very bad. And uh <clears throat> he said, well, sometimes, you know, you got to play the game. And all of he said, I'm not telling you, this is what Ernie Ladd told me, I'm not telling you to do it, I'm not telling you not to do it. He said, it just depends on how far you want to go with it in your career.
3: Absolutely horrific
2: stuff. And when I tell you, like now that's the first time I've heard Brickhouse Brown tell that story. But you can find at least six or seven other wrestlers at that time period tell that story. Same story where they were propositioned uh to by pat patterson specifically pat patterson there are there were other abusers in wwe but pat patterson is one that wwe recently even has tried to say oh actually he was just being persecuted because he was gay he was a gay he was a closet a gay man at a time and he was he did face persecution from i think uh i think emma the equivalent of like ice at the time actually did try to deport him in like the Jeez. 6 and like the 60s for being just for being gay but he was also like an abuser uh, obviously and there's tons of stories about him about these propositions where if you want not just if you want to go forward in the company you have to sleep with me but if you want to have a job at all um there's a story about this wrestler named Jim Powers who one day his tag team partner shows up at the hotel to, to check out. And he's like, oh, hey, where have you seen my buddy Jim? And the clerk is like, oh, no, he checked out last night. He's gone. He doesn't see him for months and months later. And he explains like Pat Parrot the, the reason why he left, same reason Brickhouse Brown left because he was propositioned this way. And he left immediately.
5: Yeah, I've often talked about the story of Jim Powers, uh... You know, Jim, really good guy. Same thing. Good-looking guy, great build, very athletic. We were traveling together and working out together, and we were supposed to have the way to TV taping, and then the next morning we're going to get up early and go to the gym. Uh, I came downstairs waiting for him and didn't show up for breakfast. I went and called his room. And they said he's checked out. What do you mean he's checked out? I thought about like, like another room or something because we we're in the middle of a tour, and uh, they said no, he's checked out and I I tried calling this is before cell phones this is 1990 so I it was several months later he finally, and he never saw him again on the road and a couple months later we connected up and t- talked and he told me and you know at the time i had no way to to corroborate the story other than what he was telling me i didn't know him to be a bullshitter he said that after the taping that night i think they were getting ready to put the belts on him uh Roma as the the Stallions and he got a phone call, he said, around midnight, I can remember it was the 11th floor. He said that he got a phone call around midnight with a voice whispering, said that uh, if you like your spot and you value and want to keep it, go up to the 11th floor, room 11-whatever, that the door would be open and lights turned out, he said go and lay on the bed, someone will come in and service you. Well, he figured it was a rib and just hung the phone up and went to bed. That early the next morning, he gets a phone call and was sent home and that was the last time he worked for them. You know, so, you know, again, I can't corroborate the story other than that's what Jim told me. You know, there were a lot of strange things like that that went on up there.
2: Everybody knew this at the time. Everybody knows it now. Everybody in wrestling knows about this. And Pat Patterson was exposed in the mid-90s for this. He resigned along with um, uh, Terry Garvin. Uh, but the resignations, we we found out late, much later, were fake. Much like Vince McMahon stepping down as CEO Pat Patterson worked there the whole time, and then he became an on-screen character. And they joked about this sort of thing, about the about this sort of thing, and how he would proposition guys and be. You know this offensive, offensively of the offensive uh, gay character. They they would do stuff like that to them, where it was just extremely gross, extremely horrific. And Vince McMahon one hundred percent knew about this, and this was on national TV. This is all stuff that's been corroborated by other people, uh, other wrestlers on national TV. But Vince McMahon, he because people only people like Donahue and Geraldo Rivera were covering. You know, kind of like not the A team of media. Uh, the kind of like sleazier guys, the B level mm-hmm. guys. No one really talks about it, and Vince McMahon continue, and WWE wrestlers get to go on primetime TV and CNN and all these news stories. Imagine if this was like the the uh, commissioner of the NFL. You know, like you would be asked about this sort of thing if everybody knew this about your about your company. But he just skated by, brought Pat Patterson back even did a reality TV show called Legends House where Pat Patterson was in the house with Roddy Piper, who he had abused. And we you can find video of Roddy Piper talking about it. Well, he can barely talk about it, but, you know, him kind of alleging to the type of abuse he experienced, like the legendary wrestler Roddy Piper. So that shows how, how rampant it was even the top even happened to top wrestlers
3: kind of feels like you know outside of wrestling people don't think of wrestlers as human beings yeah maybe because they play characters or something like that but i think it's very easy to sort of discount the humanity of uh wrestlers
4: uh yeah i i think they do this uh on purpose like i don't think it's just to uh you know i don't think vince just gets a kick out of uh bringing pat patterson on air and hinting at these things or coming out uh, after these recent allegations of a payoff for an affair he had with a uh, low-level staff member of WB Corporate's office. Um, you know, I'm sure maybe he does get a kick out of it, knowing what I know about Vince. Uh, it seems like it wouldn't be completely out of character for him. But I think it is more purposefully to blur the lines of what is real and what is part of a pro wrestling storyline. I really do. I think it's purposefully done this way so people think, uh, "Oh, you know, I'm reading something about Vince McMahon. I guess, I guess it's a storyline." They've, 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 they've fooled even the Wall Street Journal. You know, I, I really do think that's at least how he looks at it because we've seen this time and time again where they always do this. They always bring up real life things that are happening to them inside the storylines. And it always feels like they're trying to, to blur those lines. I mean, the only two I can think of where they they didn't try to do that were two in which they happened on WWE television. And so they wanted to get that out of people's you know minds as quickly as possible. And that is uh, one, Owen Hart's death. And two, yes. well, you know, this didn't happen on TV, but the whole thing played out with, you know, the TV show in the background with, uh, you know, uh, Chris Benoit being an on-air yes. TV star, you know, superstar. Uh, he was supposed to be at that pay-per-view. They did a uh, whole, uh, a whole uh, you know, remembrance episode. Before
2: people really knew what happened with Chris Benoit, WWE was airing a tribute program uh, for him. And in part, the reason that they were so quick to do that, like the next, the like the same day they're airing a the tribute program, is because already so many wrestlers had passed away and they had to do like, re- wow. reschedule the show to do tribute programs. I think, oh, they had done Owen before it. And then I think there was one, I think Eddie as well. And then like they did, they were doing this one. This was like the third major WB tribute show immediately after the death of a wrestler and like during the show, you can see you can actually see the moment. In fact, it's William Regal, who you see on AEW, sure, he's talking about it. And he and, and all the wrestlers before were saying, Oh, Chris was a great guy, this is so horrible, this is terrible. But then when William Regal he says something like, Well, we don't know what ha- quite happened yet, but um and etc. You can see it happen like Jeez. live on coverage. Oh, he wow, should,
4: he should just sits there and says, Chris Benoit is one of the greatest wrestlers I've ever seen, but that's all I have to say about him. And he just yeah. gets up and walks away. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, and everyone before him, like, you know, Leslie was saying, was talking about their friendship with Chris Benoit, the person. And I think, I think those were all, or a number of them were recorded uh, earlier that day. And I just think, people who were especially close to Benoit had a feeling uh, because the, there was the text messages that uh, Chavo Guerrero had received and you hear people talking now about how, you know, Benoit was starting to act really weird backstage. He was starting to say that people were following him. Um, he had this really uh, toxic relationship with his wife, Nancy. Um, uh, abu- and- where it
2: was abusive, uh, abusive to her, which is a r- through line in WWE. Several wrestlers known for being abusive. Just a quick hit uh, st- Stone Cold Steve Olsen abused his uh, wife, Deborah McMichael, and Vince McMahon told her she couldn't talk about it.
4: Right. And it's, one of the things that hasn't really, I think, it really weirdly has been like overlooked a lot of the times is the WWE sent somebody to go check on Benoit's home that morning and was there when the police were like investigating. Like, and it wasn't just like a wellness check. It was more like, almost like they were trying to find out so they can start to, you know, to try to cover their tracks or whatever, because a lot of the stuff that came out after was about this this doctor who, by the way, just happened to die just this past week. Um, the doctor who was writing all these prescriptions for these wrestlers who were taking all these you know uh you know drugs they shouldn't have been taking at the time. Yeah, and steroids um, and yeah, it was it's this whole really, and this is what sort of started to institute the the strict wellness policy in the WWE, which. Still, even now, you hear these rumors about it. who did the wellness policy let you know slip by because all of a oh, sudden, no, it's completely
2: yeah. It's it's like yeah, if you get uh, popped, but you're a big star, you can get away with it. But if you're a low level guy and you get popped for like weed or even synthetic weed, like you can get straight up fired, and it makes no sense. Like a lot of wrestlers have talked about this, like. They need weed. They need marijuana because they're always like hurt. They're always in pain. They're always and they wanted and a lot of wrestlers much prefer weed to uh pop in pills, which a lot of wrestlers have done and died for. I mean, there's just a, a endless list of wrestlers who have died because because of that. And their and WE's reaction as always to the Benoit uh death uh was To try was to basically uh, you know institute this wellness policy that really didn't like help anybody or change anything because they would just break the rules if a big guy got popped
4: and we're we're talking about all these you know WWE conspiracy i'm not excuse me conspiracy what am i saying we're talking about all these WWE scandals and you know i I have my other show on my brain right now i guess (laughs) we're talking (laughs) about all these WWE scandals and we didn't even get to yet the two that directly implicate Vince as we're you know doing this episode about yes. Vince McMahon. I mean, the Owen Hart uh, death of Owen Hart and the Chris Benoit murder suicide. I mean, huge on the WWE. I mean, without a doubt, the WWE directly. Uh, responsible for Owen Hart's death. I mean, there's no no qualms about that. And you know, in terms yes. of what they did to Benoit, it was more you know they didn't directly lead to it, but his you know the wear and tear on that guy's brain over the years certainly uh, led to that. What what he ended up doing. Um, but we didn't even get to uh, the story that's just starting to be taken seriously about uh, the uh, f- the first WWE female referee, uh, Rita Chatterton. Who back yes. in the was it the eighties or early nineties? I want to say early nineties. It was um, 80,
2: It was a it was the eighties. So it was I, the eighties. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So this article dropped uh, just yesterday in the in New York ma- magazine, written by Abe Reisman, who is uh, and she's writing what looks to be a really great uh, biography, unauthorized about Vince McMahon. That's actually taking all this seriously. I actually tried to get her on the show today, but unfortunately she was not available. But we'll have her on closer to when the book comes out. But her article is titled, uh, She Was WWE's First Female Referee. She says Vince McMahon raped her. Reader Chatterton does not want to be forgotten. This article is really great. has a great summary of just the fact that Vince McMahon, this woman who... uh, Reader Chatterton, she was... Her brother wanted to be a professional wrestler, and he had everything lined up. He had a notepad with the type of things he was going to wear, the school he was going to go to. And he tragically passes away at 22. And she picks up the torch and says, you know what? My brother wanted to do this. I'll do this myself. I'll become a professional wrestler. She ends up getting an illness where her lung collapses. She can't wrestle. So she says, all right, I guess I'll become a referee. Which was unheard of at the time for there to be female referees, certainly in WWE. But she goes and she does it. Gets trained, becomes a referee, gets signed by WWE. And people warn her as soon as she gets there, stay away from Vince. Because, she, because women were not safe. Especially if you're a woman who doesn't have any clout in the business. Like the first female referee you got to stay away from Vince. Cause it's the comments are really strange. Cause it's not just like stay away from Vince. He'll sexually harass you stay away from Vince. He will sexually harass you. And once he succeeds, he will fire you. That's like the, even like Jeez. more bizarre, like undercurrent. Uh, There's like, not he, just that he's going to do it, but also it will be the end of your career as well.
4: Right. That's like almost the main thing that they're warning about. Like, you know, the longer you stay away from Vince, the you know the more uh, fruitful and uh, long your career here will be. So just like do whatever you can to not get involved with him. Uh, but it's I mean it, from from the 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 story which is fantastic reporting. It, it seems like she she really didn't have a choice uh, in terms of
7: staying away from him. I should say. I brought up my career with Vince and asked you know what was going to happen here, and Vince just kind of looked at me, put his finger up to his mouth, and kind of did a. In you know, a hush hush. So, of course, I did. I mean, Vince is. He's it. He makes you or breaks you. Uh, a few minutes later, I went into the ladies' room. When I came out into the corridor of the ladies' room, Vince was standing there, told me that he definitely wanted to talk to me about my career, said that he definitely neglected doing something with me at this point, and that he wanted me to follow him because he didn't want to talk there at the diner. There were quite a few people from the Federation there. It made sense. I can understand that. We got into the limo. Vince started talking about magazines, uh, T-shirts, wrestling dolls. We don't have, a, don't have a, fe- uh, a referee doll at this point. A female would be great. On and on and on. Again, starts talking about a half-a-million-dollar-a-year contract. Next thing I know, Vince McMahon is unzipping his pants. <laughs> At one point when I first met Vince, let me back up here just a little bit. The very first time I met Vince, I was told that if I had any sexual relationships with anyone in the Federation, I was done. My career was done. I was engaged, I had no problem with that. When Vince was said and done, Vince looked at me and said, do you remember what I told you about having sexual relationships with anyone? Well, you just did. And he just sat back and had this big smile and this big grin and just started laughing at me.
2: And this story is not new. She told this story on uh, Donahue. In fact, she told it in more, she told it in more detail. She told, she didn't want to talk about it now because obviously it was so heartbreaking and tragic for her. But you can watch the video of her talking about this. This absolutely is something uh, that happened, I believe on my podcast struggle session, allegedly. I do have to say that because Vince McMahon has sued her after that of uh after she appeared on donahue lawsuit ended up winning nowhere but it did serve his purpose of just basically getting her to uh go to not pursue this because the only reason she said i mean it's so heartbreaking she says the only reason she came out and started talking about this is because both her parents passed and she didn't want to cause stress for her parents and talk about the fact that she was driven from this uh, industry that she loved after being sexually assaulted by Vince McMahon. And not only that, not only was she sexually assaulted, but yes, she was fired after shortly after that as well. So it wasn't, it's it, absolutely horrific story, but not a new story. One that is on videotape on the nationally aired program. He claims that Chatterton was in a conspiracy Chatterson agreed with Uh Schultz, who is a uh, who W B claims is a hidden figure, a disgruntled WWE wrestler who was lying. And Chadson agreed with Schultz to falsely accuse Vince McMahon of raping her in 1986, in order that such charges could be made for the first time in the context of the filming
4: and production of the now it can be told uh, program. The thing about that story too, with uh you know him bringing David Schultz into this. David Schultz is another guy who, not the same, he wasn't, uh, you know, in terms of w- why he lost his job with the WWE, but he was fucked over by Vince, too. His story, and you people have probably seen this video, is that uh, Geraldo Rivera was coming to town to do a, a news story about how, um, you know, wrestling is fake, and Vince yeah. wanted to send one of, like, the tough guys, like, someone who he knew was going to give uh Geraldo a tough time to to interview. So he went up to David Schultz and he basically told him to fucking pop Geraldo Rivera. Like really do something to fucking like make this guy regret doing the story. And so uh when Geraldo Rivera is talking to David Schultz, David Schultz smacks him across the face to show him how wrestling isn't fake because Vince encouraged him to do so. And then that <laughs> caused the whole thing. And Geraldo Rivera ended up suing the company. And the WWE and Vince basically said David Schultz acted on his own, fired him to get, uh, you know, to, to cut ties and have no, like, sort of uh, uh, legal ramifications or very little legal ramifications. I think Geraldo ended up getting a payday out of it. Um, but David Schultz, in an episode of Dark Side of the Ring, basically goes on the record saying how like he was told to do these things, and it came from Vince, and he 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 was told the company was going to have his back, and this is how he was treated. And then you got this secondary, you know, uh, slap in the face to both Rita Chatterton and David Schultz, where Vince is basically tying them together and saying both the ways. I screwed over these two people and mess with their lives they actually conspired together to come after me which is just you know allegedly of course
2: absolutely insane allegedly out continuing from the article Memory of Chatterton's claims has all but vanished from the mainstream media. When the political website Talking Points Memo brought up the allegation in the context of Linda's, that's Linda McMahon's, uh, allegedly estranged for several years wife of Vince McMahon. They no longer live together. Uh, Linda's 2010 run for Senate in Connecticut, which, by the way, costs between 70 and 100 million dollars of Vince McMahon's own money uh, to lose twice. During Linda's run for a Senate in Connecticut, the McMahon's longtime lawyer, Jerry McDivitt, brought the hammer down. Make no mistake, McDivitt told TPM reporter when she asked for comment. If those false allegations are repeated now and again, Mr. McMahon will pursue all available remedies against those associated with this smear job. TPM ran the post, but didn't pursue the story further. <sighs>
3: It's, yeah it's uh it i mean th- to end on this is a uh, it's a pretty horrifying story and i think the question is whether or not anything will even still happen to vince mcmahon it's like this is all so damning and so like well reported and and extreme uh but is this man still just going to be appearing on every wwe on TV? show he
2: he was on last he was on just the last night in fact announcing john cena welcoming john cena to the ring for his big return because he hasn't been there in a while and it was really interesting and kind of i think it does tie into this larger, and more serious conversation because the story that he's vince mcmahon is telling now is that john cena is the greatest wb wrestler of all time and you can see why he's the most loyal obviously he's even more, he's more loyal than the rock more loyal, certainly the Hulk Hogan who actually worked for the competitor and tried
4: to, uh, that was trying to take Vince out. But John Cena's has never gone anywhere. That in Vince McMahon's eyes is the, like, that's the ultimate betrayal. Like that's the worst thing ever. Like all these allegations and scandals, that's all like second rate to the worst possible thing you could do to someone. And that is betray their loyalty by going to work for the competitor. Really though, to better yourself or your career and try to do something better for your family or whatever. You know, if, you, if, if you're pursuing that and it's you worked for Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon is not the one making your life better and you go to somewhere else to do it, you are a horrible person, the devil in Vince's eyes. Yeah, and that's why Vince
2: is blowing all this smoke up John Cena's ass. And people are buying it too. And John Cena believes it because he gave this promo where he taught, and they're they're calling him the greatest, you know, performer, WWE performer of all time. And everybody's cheering for him now. But Matt, you can testify to this. Majority of the time he was in WWE, fans did not like him. They were chanting about how much he sucks and how much they hate him. They were booing him, even though he was supposed to be a good guy. Because they knew he was Vince's guy. And, there, and he was being pushed down their throats because he was Vince's guy and was loyal to Vince. And even though he wasn't a better wrestler than most of the guys there, wasn't a better talker than most of the guys there, he was going to be shoved down their throats because that was Vince's call. But now that history gets to be rewritten. Now, we all love John Cena, and we always love John Cena. John Cena is the greatest WWE performer of all time, the greatest sports entertainer of all time, because he was ultimately loyal to Vince, and that's the power that Vince McMahon has over the wrestling industry, not just in the WWE company, but as we see on A&E networks, they're showing WWE documentaries, quote unquote, and they're going to be showing hundreds of hours more with the WWE narrative. Netflix, the Vince McMahon documentary, Dark Side of the Ring, which was so critical. Now, that's also been co-opted, but there is a little bit of hope. There is a little bit of bright spot that we find in this article, this Rita Chatterin article. Uh, This one wrestler, Leonard... Atari, a former professional wrestler uh, who went by Mario Mancini, he came forward and and he just comes out and says like, look, I, I can confirm Rita Chatterton's story. She told me about it after it happened. She was devastated. I, she told me what happened and it ends up lining up with the details that she had told previously. And he says the reason he came out and said it said it was because well maybe no people will take it seriously now i came out because other people are coming out and you know i don't i'm not expecting to work there again that's the big thing a lot a lot of wrestlers don't talk because they want another paycheck from vince he literally has Basically, almost like an NDA contract called a Legends contract that he signs old time wrestlers to, where he just pays them money to stay in his good graces. But he says, you know, at the end of the article, I'll tell you why I'm hopping on the bandwagon now. The former grappler tells me there's worse stuff than that. So I think maybe with the fact that AEW is around, you know, and they're big and more people are thinking outside the WWE box and it actually looks vulnerable the wrestlers are the biggest evidence against Vince McMahon so if it depends on the fret, if the wrestlers speak out if they still if they keep it and a lot of wrestlers have talked without wanting to if you go in the archives of these shooter interviews there's tons of stuff there so it also it's about the wrestlers talking it's also about the media actually taking it seriously or even trying to cover this like they would a Harvey Weinstein
4: which you easily could. Right. I mean, there, I can't think of another like industry where there's actually a whole like uh, uh, revenue model around former talent doing these regular interviews shoot interviews like you mentioned where basically they get paid by like wrestling news websites or like wrestling like independent wrestling video creators to sit down and spill the beans on what happened backstage uh, during different times the worst stuff too yeah yeah and so like there's a whole library out there of stuff that probably was just looked over who knows the shoot interview from like the 90s different time period something just might not have hit I mean I was at the time what 12 13 years old so something that I might have been like holy shit now to I just didn't understand then you know we might have to go back and watch some of these old shoot interviews and see what's in there um but there's probably stuff that has never been said um we I mean we just did a whole episode on Vince McMahon and some of WWE scandals and we didn't even get to the ring boy scandal where uh There was a broadcaster who was literally preying on uh, young teen boys who were working for the WWE, like setting up the ring back in the day. And he was fired by Vince, only to literally be hired back by his wife under the promise that he would stay away from the boys. Can you believe that? Like they knew, they told him that he didn't listen. Of course, Uh, we didn't get to the one of the more recent ones before the Wall Street Journal piece where um, Vince. Allegedly, groped and tried to rape a masseuse at a tanning parlor in Florida in the late 2000s. Yes. People have totally forgotten about that. Um, all these different things, and there's so many we yeah, just it was haven't like a heard of. One day news, story. and like you said, it is going to take. Um, it is going to take the wrestlers, I think, to come out and start sharing what they know, because no one will know more intimately than them. And you know what? They might be the only people the fans trust about this stuff because it's been they've been ingrained in their head by the WWE that everyone's yes. out to get Vince and Company. Um, yes. look what they want to take from us. But you know, if the wrestlers are saying it themselves, I mean, that's that's the one thing that uh, you know the fans will never side with over the WWE, and that's the wrestlers themselves because that's who they really watch the shows for and love, and and you know, that's who that they pay the big bucks to see. But more, I had planned to talk about jimmy snooker uh
2: but that that story is just like plain as day vince mcmahon brought a briefcase of money to get jimmy snooker his top star at the time people and absolutely his top star at the time before hulk hogan he was he was a top draw um and he beat his girlfriend to death and the cops just straight up let him off the hook because vince mcmahon showed up allegedly with a briefcase of money parody on my parodies comedy podcast struggle session i am saying this uh matt bender does not endorse any of these things i'm saying but where can people find uh but uh so sorry to end this on a somber note but absolutely piece of garbage but we could talk about this all day maybe we'll do a part two on this but matt where can people find uh your show
4: Yeah, I have a show called Doomed where, you know, I talk about uh, politics and news, but mostly cover like right wing media and conspiracy theories and things like that. And that's, uh, you can find that at doomedcast.com. And I do a. Show that is anti-cryptocurrency called Scam Economy that covers the the crazy world of crypto. And uh, all of that oh and that can be found at scameconomy.com. And both shows I live stream and do videos and I take call-ins after the interviews. And that's on youtube.com slash mapbinder and twitch.tv slash mapbinder. And follow me on Twitter at MapBinder. All right folks, thank you so
2: much for listening to this. This was a dark one, Jack. I'm sorry. This was a dark, maybe the darkest one we've done,
3: but I'm glad we Maybe I maybe I shouldn't get into wrestling after all this. <laughs> I'm newly into it. Maybe I maybe I should stop. Oh, you, once you get into it, you can it's you can't get out. Once it gets in your blood. Oh boy. It's like the obvious. Maybe this
4: episode needs to be titled like The Dark Side of Struggle Session or something or the The Struggle <laughs> Session of the Ring. <laughs> The struggle yes. session of the <laughs> ring, right? I, you know, it's it's weird though. Like, you know, the, the uh, I know you're ending the show, but that's just pro wrestling. Like, it's that carny thing I was telling you about. Something about yeah, it being from that world just makes people look at all these scandals as just like, oh, it's wrestling. And you know what? Uh, I guess you know, Leslie, you and I are are guilty of that too. Even though we do look at it critically, you know, here we still are watching the shows.
2: Well, I, I do have to say, I, did st- I don't watch WWE anymore. Not that every, pro- any, every promotion is better, but they all have problems. But n- not quite as bad as WWE, but we do have to mention the reason w- ultimately Vince is able to get away with this, because he has the most money, and it's all capitalism, mm-hmm. baby. Folks, that was Struggle Session. Have a good one.